Hello, and welcome to Self-Sabotaging Sagas, hosted by me, your Elevation Guide, Jenea Barnes. Hi. How's it going, everybody? Today, we're going to talk about why we wait to take those big steps towards the things that we really want. But we're going to talk about these big steps. And when I'm talking about, I'm not talking about just regular procrastination where we're like, I don't want to do the dishes. I don't want to do my homework. Meh. I'm not talking about that kind of procrastination. I'm talking about taking those big steps towards our dreams, towards that stuff that we really want to do. like move to a new city. I live in New York now, but I wanted to live in New York for probably 15 years before I actually did it. Things like selling your house and traveling the world, things like going back to school or taking a class. Maybe you really always have wanted to do pottery, but you just keep putting it off. Why don't you do it? Things also like reaching out for that emotional support, whether it's hiring a coach or working with a therapist, you know, leaving a job that you hate. You guys, that one, how many people of you, how many of you guys have a job that you hate? Like seriously, a job that you hate. And why are you still there? Why haven't you taken that step to get that new job or to just leave? And here's another big one, making those changes in relationships, like really asking for what you need or with your family, with your friends, with your romance, or just saying, no, I'm sorry, I'm done and cutting the relationship off. I mean, making major changes. This is the stuff I'm talking about. Taking those steps to make the major changes. And we know what, we usually know exactly what to do. We have this idea, we've fantasized about it, we've had this plan, but we still don't take those steps. So one of the things that I have noticed over time When people do finally take the steps, it's usually because something has shifted in their life. So there's a saying that says, people change when the pain of staying the same is greater than the pain of change. And if you think back on your life, If you think back to all the times when you've made big changes, it's usually because something already changed for you or things got really bad. So we think about these things like when we make these big changes, when we actually take the steps to do what we really want, it's a situation like, well, my life has fallen apart. I might as well, you know, everything crumbled after breakups, after losing a job, 
after maybe we got passed over for a promotion that we worked really, really hard for. We'd been working for it for so long and it didn't happen. It didn't come to fruition. And at that point, you just throw in the towel. You're like, screw it. I'm out. I'm going to do what I really wanted to do. Or maybe it's because you just missed another opportunity and you realize that was the straw that broke the camel's back that last opportunity that you missed, you're like, I can't keep moving on this way. You get that like fed up. It's like, again, when the pain of change is greater than the pain of staying the same. So those missed opportunities and those circumstances, you're like, I can't, I just can't do this again. I can't go through all this work for nothing over and over and over again. So that change, that shift. Um, Sometimes we make these big changes because we have these aha moments. Something totally clicks and changes our way of thinking. I had one of these while I was in college. So some of you might know, but many of you probably don't. When I went to college for the first time, I went to school to be a chemical engineer. And I did it because I was good in math. I liked chemistry. My grandpa was an engineer. And I really wanted, I wanted to make him proud. And you know, I got into it and I hated it. I t- I hated it. Oh, God. And I remember one day, I was three and a half years in. I still had another year and a half to go. It was a very compacted program. And I didn't do well in some of my classes, so I had to retake them. But I was having this conversation with this guy named Todd, who was a friend of mine. And he had one quarter left. We were on quarter system, so we had three quarters a year unless he went to summer school, then it was four. But he said to me that he was dropping out and he had one quarter left. And my mind was blown. I was like, what? You're going to drop out and you have one quarter left? That's crazy. Why would you do that? And for me, it sunk in. And I started thinking about it. I was like, wait a minute. I'm miserable. I'm not happy. I hate what I'm studying. Why am I still here? Why am I still doing this? I knew what I wanted to be. I wanted to be a photographer. And I kept making up these stories about how I was going to finish school. And then I would study photography after I got my chemical engineering degree. So I made up these stories about how I had to finish this before I did this. But really, it was that aha moment, that aha epiphany moment that I was like, whoa, you can do this. And I went to whatever office I had to. I withdrew from my hardest class. I finished out the quarter and I dropped out. I did it all officially so I could go back if I wanted to. But it was an aha moment that led me to making a big change. So, you know, a lot of these things, it's like big changes have already happened for us. We have this aha moment. 
sometimes we're faced with our mortality. Maybe we almost get into a car accident and our life flashes before us. And then we're willing to step in to that uncomfortable zone. And that speaking of that uncomfortable zone, again, when everything gets thrown up in the air, I mean, we're in it right now with this pandemic, when everything gets thrown up in the air, you're, you start to like feel like, well, I'm already feeling uncomfortable. So maybe I'll just go ahead and give it a shot. You know, a lot of people lost their jobs. A lot of people are reevaluating things. And we're in this point where we're thinking about, do we take these big steps towards something we really want, something we've wanted for a really long time? And when everything is thrown up in the air, the rug has gotten pulled out from underneath you, a lot of times you feel like you have nothing to lose. So you go ahead and you do it. You take the big steps. But why does it take such big things for us to actually take those steps? I mean, how long have you been thinking about it? How long have you been thinking about that business you want to start? How long have you been thinking about traveling the world? I mean, we can't really do that right now, but you get my meaning. Going back to school, maybe you wanted to start a new career. Quitting the job, why are you working for that boss that you hate? So one of the reasons we do not take these steps is because we can we can measure what we're going to lose. Kyle C says that. I have a few quotes I've stolen from him that I really like, and that's one of them, is you can measure what you're going to lose. If you quit your job and you go back to school, you don't know what's on the other side of that. You don't know what the possibility is. Sure, the possibility is huge, and but it you know it might not work out the way you want it these are the stories we tell ourselves right and so but you know that you're going to lose this job that you're you would have to quit maybe and you know how much money you would be giving up you know how much money it's going to cost you to go to school these are things you can you know you can measure we often measure what we're going to lose by the amount of money. But here's the thing. On the other side, when you are operating from a place of what's in your heart, what's really true to you, the possibilities are so much bigger. And yeah, it might be a little rocky to get there, but the possibilities are way bigger. So, you know, talking again, in general, about self-sabotage. So what is the self-sabotage for that's keeping us from going after our dreams, going after those big things that we want? So when we are talking about measuring what we're going to lose, we're talking about fear. It's one of the big things that keeps us from going after what we want. Now, there's a lot of different aspects, a lot of different components of fear. One of the things that people really are attached to is they have this idea of who they are right now. So I can ask you that right now. Who are you? 
Anybody? Oh, I don't hear you. Do you hear you? But think about it. Who are you? So some of you might be saying, well, I'm a mother. I'm a, for me, I'm an elevation guide. I used to be a chemical engineer student. I used to be a bartender. But who are you now? And if you go after your dreams, is that, are you going to be the same person? Are you able to hang on to your identity or just losing that identity? So for me to fully step into being an elevation guide, I had to, I chose to let go of my identity as a bartender. I, that was one of the things that I did. That was one of the things that I gave up to go after my dream. So I let go of a piece of my identity and I had been a bartender for over 20 years. I mean, lots of you know me from that world, but for me, it was okay. I was ready to let go of that identity, but sometimes we're not. So sometimes that fear of losing who we are is one of the things that keeps us from stepping into our fullest expression of what we want to do from going after our dreams. Another thing, another fear, sometimes people don't want to do it alone. I mean, I always said I was not opposed to having kids, but I would never want to do it alone. So, I mean, for me, I didn't deeply, deeply want to have children. But if I did, I definitely would have had that fear of not wanting to do it alone. So sometimes maybe somebody wants to take a new class or try even Pilates for the first time, but they're scared to do it alone. Sometimes it's scary to strike out on your own if you haven't been a super independent person. Another reason we, another one of these fears that comes up is these remembering of the negative things that happened before. So something negative happened when you tried, when you took a step out, when you stepped out of your comfort zone and tried to make something big happen and it didn't work out. And now all you can think about every time you think about trying to do that thing is that 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 thing that happened in the past is going to happen again. And it's really scary and it's really overwhelming and it's way too much to handle. Right. Anybody do that one? <laughs> My brain spun just acting that out. <laughs> But a lot of times our negative past experiences, they keep us from stepping forward into what we really want to do, what's big, what's on the horizon, what's possible for us. Another thing is perfectionism. Well, I just don't trust that I can do it right. Maybe we have a belief in a fear that if we do it wrong, we'll be punished. If we don't do it well enough, we'll be punished, we'll be ostracized, we'll be judged. You feel that one? If I don't do this well, if my business fails, if I try to start a business and it fails, what are people going to think of me? What are people, this, well, this plays into another thing. This plays into something else I'm going to talk about in a little bit, but um, part of it's fear. So we'll talk about that part right now. So what are people going to think of me? 
How are they going to judge me? If I can't do it perfect, why do it? And another thing too, and this, any of you guys have gone through a lot of self-development in your life. And as you grow, sometimes you lose people. And we just, the thing is, is you're just not in alignment anymore. You don't, like, as I started partying less in my life, I didn't, I still loved all my friends that I partied with. Don't get me wrong. Hi, Veronica. Hi, Christian. Um, but it, it wasn't like we had as much in common anymore. And so a lot of those friends kind of fell away. So that's a fear sometimes that happens as we're talking about stepping into those big things that we want and that fear of losing somebody, losing somebody that we love now, maybe we're, they're not going to like us. Maybe you've even heard them talk poorly about, oh, well, that person, now that they've like elevated their life or now that they got this new job, they are so snooty, snooty or something. And so you hear those things and we remember those things when our loved ones say things like that. I know um, I had a, a session with a client a while back and she said that her family they, her family came from a very blue collar background and she went to college and she was really trying to push her life forward. But her family always talked about how people that were educated seemed like they were too good for them. And so sometimes we play those stories in the back of our head. Well, is my family going to still like me if I'm educated, if I have this white collar job and they're blue collar? So again, fear. Fear is such a debilitating thing. It's one of the most debilitating things because ultimately we want to control our experiences. We really do. We don't want to step into that uncomfortable thing. Our nervous system literally reacts as we step into nerve into uncomfortable things. And this is actually why we want to start doing this stuff. You can start with little things. Step into this uncomfortable zone because every time you do it and you get to the other side, you're training your nervous system that you're not going to die. And it becomes less and less scary to take these big steps. So to conquer these fears, start by taking little steps. Face like some of those fears, like do something a little crazy that maybe somebody might judge you for and see and prove to yourself that you can get through to the other side. That will show you, show your nervous system that it's okay, that you you survive this. It's going to be okay. And then you can take a bigger step and a bigger step because ultimately we don't want to wait till our whole world comes crashing down before we make these big changes. So some of these stories that we tell ourselves, well, what if I try and I fail? Maybe it's just better not to try. It's safer. I know this is a big one for a lot of you guys, right? Right? What if I try and I fail? That fear of failure. It debilitates a lot of us. It's not, it's, 
But the thing is, every time we fail, I use that word, it has such a negative connotation. Every time something doesn't meet our expectations, we learn something from it, right? You know, how many times did it take you to ride a bike? You didn't get it right away on the first try, did you? You had to try and fail a few times. And you learned a little something new every time and you got back up and you did it again. And even after you learned how to ride the bike, you were able to, over time, get better and better. It's that way with anything. So we have to try in order to get anywhere. If we don't try, we're just stuck in the mud. And eventually life is going to throw enough monkey wrenches at us. And if we're ahead of the game moving forward towards these things that we want, when the monkey wrenches come, it's going to be easier. It's totally going to be easier. If we had all universally been practicing sitting in the uncomfortable zone and being able to step into the uncomfortable and the unknown, this whole pandemic thing would have been easier for a lot of easier for a lot of people, right? Because you would have been like, okay, it's unknown, but I'm here right now. I'm present. I'm not dying so I can move forward. Another story we do, this is a big one. I've done this one a million times. Well, when I do this, then I can do this. So I did it with the college story, right? I was, I knew I wanted to be a photographer at the time. And I was like, well, I'll just, when I finish this degree, then I'll study what I really want to do. Like, why do we do this to ourselves? It's fear. It's a fear or the next thing I'm going to talk about in a little bit is unworthiness. But those are the two main things. We either don't feel like we're worthy or we deserve it, or we're scared. We're scared to step into that thing. If you guys have stories, even if this is on the replay, tell me what the stories you tell yourself to keep you from taking these big steps. So another, you know, that thing, I have to accomplish this one first. That's the one I did with me in school. Another one is I don't know how. I don't know how to start a business. I don't know how to travel the world. I don't really know how right now either. but. <laughs> but here's the thing. I don't know how is a story that's based on fear or unworthiness. Because I'll tell you right now, for most of you, especially those of you that are struggling financially a little bit, if I tell you, I will give you a million dollars if you figure out how to do this in 30 days, I guarantee you you will figure it out. And if you don't quite get there, you will come really close. So that story, when we say to ourselves, I don't know how, that is totally a story. We have so many resources right now. It's not like in the past where we'd have to go to the library. We'd have to look up a million things, maybe hope the encyclopedia had something. But we have the internet. We have... YouTube, we have Facebook, we can connect to people from all over the world. 
We are connected in a way that we never have been. And we can ask and reach out for resources and help and support. And again, that means facing those fears. But I'll tell you, million dollars on the line, I bet you you're going to do it. Let's see, what else? What other stories? Oh, going back to that thing about what will people think? Going back to, you know, a lot of us have these ideas that we have to show ourselves and present ourselves in a certain way. Because if we don't, people will not love us. People will talk badly about us. So that thing about what people think that speaks into the worthiness issue and the fear, both. You know, I think more and more people are getting comfortable with being their authentic self, being able to drop their mask and show themselves and like be able to stumble their words on a video be able to just take a chance and show up as they are. But a lot of us still have this unconscious programming that tells us that we have to be perfect. We have to do it the right way. And this is, again, coming back to the self-sabotaging thing. Majority of our self-sabotaging comes from unconscious programming. So these stories, these stories about um, why, what if I try and I fail? That stuff happens because when we were young, perhaps, or we had an experience that really was difficult and we tried and we failed and we had all this emotional content that our emotions did not move through. And when our emotions do not move through, it creates a little trigger. It creates a little wound that's just like a little red spot. You know, when you skin your knee, how it's real tender there, it's it's kind of like that. It's like you skin your knee and anytime the possibility to feel that feeling comes up again, it's like pushing on that tender spot, that skin knee. So, and this stuff is operating in our unconscious mind. And even though we really consciously want to do it, I mean, we've been dreaming about it and thinking about it forever. There is this unconscious like things pulling us back. So those fears they're learned. They're, they are. They happen from emotional events. They happen from being laughed at. They happen from doing something a bunch of times and it going wrong. And so we make up these stories. We make up these fears. And it is this unconscious stuff that's programming how we are showing up in our consciousness. So I've touched a bit on unworthiness, that feeling of unworthiness, like I don't deserve to live my dreams. You do, by the way, you totally do. Uh, But that feeling, and so many of us have it. When I think about across the board, all my clients, all the people I've ever known, all the people I've come across, 
This might be the one thing that's riding through our unconscious mind that debilitates and holds us back from so much. But a lot of us have this feeling like we don't deserve to have the money. We don't deserve to have the abundant life that we could create if we actually followed our dreams. We don't deserve to feel good when we go to work. We don't deserve to feel like we're making a difference when we go to work. Again, I reiterate, you guys do. Every single one of you deserves to have abundance, to feel good when you go to work, to feel like you're making a difference. You deserve to have everything that you want. You do. But this is the thing. A lot of us maybe, maybe somebody told us over and over, well, you're stupid. Why, why are you so stupid? You know, these voices, these negative voices we have in our head. Think about the things that you say to yourself. Are they nice things? Would you say them to the person you love the most? So this unworthiness, this feeling that I don't really deserve it, and we tend to try and punish ourselves sometimes. This is a big thing that keeps us from stepping out into the things that we really want. Those big things, the big moves, the big going back to school, the starting a new career, going after the type of relationship that you want. You know, again, that fear of being alone sometimes is why people don't leave a relationship that's making them miserable. Or I don't feel worthy enough to be loved. So I'm just going to settle for this right now. But you deserve it. The other thing, too, is one thing people say a lot is, I'm so busy. I don't have the time. I don't have the time to go after what I want. Well, this is, there's a couple things with that is you might not be clear on what's really important to you. And when you're not super clear on what's really important to you, sometimes it's hard to figure out what to focus on. I have a lot of irons in the fire right now, in the pot, in the fire. But, and I try to work on everything a little bit every day. And sometimes I feel like I'm getting nowhere, but all of these things are incredibly important. And I realize a lot of things are falling off that I'm not doing that are semi-important but I've prioritized what's really important because I, I understand what's important and I might not have time for the unimportant things, but I can make time for the important things. And sometimes they take a little while to get to, but we, the, we do this excuse, this excuse of I don't have time. I'm too busy. I used to do it. I used to fill up all my time. As I could because one, I was avoiding anything that meant anything to me. I didn't feel like I deserved to have the good things that were coming to me. And I also sometimes didn't have the ability to say no. 
I used to actually really like that I worked nights because that would get me out of a lot of stuff that I didn't want to do because I couldn't draw a boundary for myself. So that's another thing with the time is it's not necessarily so much about worthiness, but it does play into that. But not being able to draw a line and draw a boundary and say, no, this is not something that is that is my highest good right now. This is a bunch of stuff for a whole bunch of other people that's not allowing me to take those big steps towards what I really want. Because maybe you're so concerned that you have to do everything for everybody else because you've had to be strong. You've had to be the one to hold it together. You've had to keep everybody else afloat because you don't actually feel like you're worthy enough to put yourself first. And you fear that if you put yourself first and go after your dreams, what that people will leave. And that you won't be loved, but you will be. If by nobody else than yourself, that is the most important person. Because if people are going to drop off and not love you because you're taking care of yourself and going after your dreams, they're not your real friends. I remember learning, we always talk about how, oh, well, this person was there for me when I was down and out. But your real, true, great friends are going to be there for you when you're doing really well, too. It's really easy for a lot of people to be there for you and to be your savior when you're doing well, because that makes them feel good. It makes them feel validated. It makes them, you give them your affection, your attention, and that fills them up. And so it makes them feel like they are bigger and more confident than they really are. But the moment you're doing better than you, they can't be there for you because now all of a sudden they feel small. And this is what happens when people have a low self-esteem is they feel small when you're doing well. So I don't know. I threw a lot of information at you guys today in a short amount of time. But I'm definitely, if you guys have questions, leave questions in the comments. I'll reach out to you after. And you know, guys, most of you guys know by now that I work with people to shift their unconscious so we can rewire these self-sabotaging beliefs and stories. We can get this stuff out of your unconscious so that you, it's easier. You don't need to be so scared to step forward. We want to step forward into our dreams, right? And we want to do it before the rug is pulled out from underneath us. We want to do it when we choose, when we get to do it and have more joy about it and feel empowered by it. So if you're looking to maybe take some of that self-sabotaging stuff away, reach out to me. You guys can reach out to me. Let me put my little thing up here. There we go. We can go from self-sabotage to self-mastery, right? That's actually what I help people do. And in the process, this kind of elevates every aspect of your life. When we start deprogramming some of these fears, 
it really it dominoes into everything. It's really cool. And you'll start to see, even if we're not working on something specific, they're like, whoa, it's way easier to have to have those uncomfortable conversations with my partner. Or, whoa, I stood up for myself at work in a situation where I normally wouldn't have. And it was easy. It wasn't terrifying. I didn't like sweat and breathe heavy before I actually did it. So this is what happens when we shift the unconscious mind and we move from that self-sabotage to self-mastery. So if you guys are interested in learning more and connecting with me and possibly working with me, you can reach out to me via direct message on Facebook. You can go to my website at JaneaBarnes.com and reach out through the contact page or just set up an initial conversation. And an initial conversation is a 15 to 30 minute call where we just discuss a little bit about what you want. And I let you know if it's something I can help you with. And if it's something I can help you with, we'll move on to a longer, more in-depth complimentary session. And all that stuff is free because you know it's silly to charge people to see if we're a good fit. Okay, so to recap, the reason, the main reasons why, the main reasons why we don't step into those big things that we're trying to accomplish or we want to accomplish, those things that we've been dreaming about, thinking about for years, number one is fear. We can measure what we're going to lose. We're afraid to get into that uncomfortable zone. Number two is we don't feel worthy of it. So think about making some of these changes before your world goes, because that's when we normally make the changes. It's when everything gets thrown up in the air and it's a catastrophe. And then you have to deal with the catastrophe and making the changes. It's a lot at once. But getting more comfortable, stepping into your fears and getting a little bit more comfortable with stepping into your fears will support you in making these new decisions, these bigger decisions. And if you want to just rewire those fears, reach out to me. All right. Thank you guys for watching this episode of Self-Sabotaging Sagas. <laughs> I will see you guys next week. We're going to talk about being strong with a really awesome woman named Jessica. Okay. I'll see you guys later. Bye.